Hi everyone, welcome to Doing Good, the podcast. My name is Susanna. And I'm Elijah. This is the podcast in which us and our parents share the stories of the good things that people are doing in our community and the people that make those good things happen. So it's actually mostly our parents just sitting here and we have to wait to talk until they tell us to, but we have some really good insight and we're actually the funny ones. So definitely stay and listen. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of... We're doing good. We're doing good. Or is it doing good? It's doing good. Doing good. But you can find us on social at We're Doing Good. We are literally 10 seconds in, and you're already sharing our social presence. I love this. Absolutely. Hey, this is a podcast, a brand new podcast about doing good. People who are, people who want to be, and how you get from not doing good... (laughs) Or to dreaming of doing good, to actually doing good. And and not necessarily good in your personal life, like, you know, hey, Josh, how you doing? And then we'd be doing well. Right. Well, I know. <laughs> we'd be doing, but you're talking about doing. But doing good in our good. communities. Yes. So let's just do some general introductions. How about that? That sounds great, Josh. So my name is Josh. Hi, Josh. I'm a, uh, <laughs> I am a uh, husband, father. And my job is I'm a journalist. I work at a local TV station, so I do the news, which is not always about good. No. Sometimes is, it's downright depressing, and it's been for the last six months or so even more depressing than usual, A little I bit think. of a downer. Yeah. Which is why I'm so excited to be talking about this today. And I want to introduce you, but I want you to introduce you yeah, more. Yeah, don't introduce me because you'll embellish, but um, yeah, my Nobel name is... Peace Prize winning. Oh, yeah, no. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, but my name is Rebecca, and uh, most people call me Becky. Most people call you Dr. Becky. Most people call me Dr. Becky <laughs> because I am a, um, uh, also with being a wife and a mother, but not Josh's wife, um, <laughs> I am also a pediatrician. My um, wife loves you. Oh, uh, yes, and my husband loves you, so we're... We're, we're I love good. your husband, but that's a whole different podcast. He's like the greatest guy in the yeah, world, but not in a weird way. Not in a weird way. Okay. No, I'm just I just I'm a, I'm a big fan. Okay, okay. We should also mention our kids here, and they're literally about to crawl under the table. Exactly. <laughs> their their cringeometers are going through the roof. I've never hated my dad more than this moment. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. But um, but why are our kids here, Josh? Well, this is your idea, uh, and I want to give credit to it because I think it's a brilliant one. That not only are we going to talk about doing good. Uh, from the perspective of two people who are in their early 30s, you and me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not yet 30. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Almost. Almost. P.S. Mostly we're in our 50s. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, we're, we thought it might be helpful to get the perspective of teenagers. So we have two 16-year-olds here. Right. And can we just start by saying that I think they are doing good by getting out of the bed during the summer and being for this recording, which was... At 9.30 in the morning. Yes. And my teenager showered. Oh, you're way ahead of mine. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my teenager's doing good because she doesn't smell bad this morning. Which is uh, an achievement. Are they, they're silenced right now until we acknowledge their presence, right? Uh, yeah. They yeah. can't jump in uh, okay. yet. Okay. No, not yet. All right. So I want to go back to the why of this podcast, Doing Good. And if you're listening today, first, God love you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hi, Mom. Uh, but uh, for... Uh, those who are tuning in and who are listening to this today and who are going, okay, I'll, I'll give this some space in my life. I believe this begins with your why. Why is the critical question for me? And I know I'm not supposed to be interviewing you. Yeah. 
I'm like, are you interviewing me? I'm Josh? starting to interview you. Okay, don't interview. Okay, Josh. okay. Well, hey, uh, like, uh, would you mind uh, like sharing because uh, your why was was wonderful to me. Okay, so um, so I've been harassing Josh for about six months now about doing a podcast with me, um, and the first reason I wanted to do a podcast was because. Um, Podcasts to me feel like the most democratic form of uh, quote unquote entertainment that's mm-hmm. available right now because it's free. It's basically free. Mm-hmm. Um, and in uh, in the day and age we are in now, there's not a whole lot of free entertainment anymore. You can't really just turn on the TV and especially not where we live. We can't just turn on the TV mm-hmm. and get, you know, the three basic um, channels anymore. Mm-hmm. So, but anybody can get a podcast really. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it, it feels like a medium that's, um, accessible, um, to people. And then, you know, really focusing down with what I thought, um, we needed in our entertainment is kind of a view of people who are out there on the streets trying to improve their communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, more so, and I think everybody sort of thinks about how they can can, can engage with their communities to produce po- produce positive change. But I think the hurdle for a lot of people is just actually getting up and getting out and making the connections they need to and doing the work they need to in order to, you know, start something. Mm. And so that's what I really hope that we can do with this podcast is help people um, find the inspiration they need in order to engage and make things better. And you listen to podcasts. I love podcasts. And we probably could talk about some of the ones you love. Yeah. But we're not going to. We're not going to because we want, we, we don't want to help anybody <laughs> <laughs> other than our pod. No, I'm no, sure no. it'll come up. I really do because <laughs> I, I, I do. I mean, I am a pretty avid pod, I have a podcast listener and, um, uh, uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about that. Well, I mean, I think it's I, I'm I'm getting exposed to it, mm-hmm. and and I'm finding it like you to be highly and curiously enjoyable to hear people talk about. I work in local television, so I live in 15 second sound bites, and right. to hear people just have a conversation mm-hmm. helps me not only understand what they're doing, but why they're doing. And mm-hmm. so I know in the weeks to come, unless we get shut down by the FCC or uh, the the podcast platform or whatever, you know, for inappropriate content. We are going to talk to people. <laughs> Don't expect that. This is not that kind of I'm show. Like, that sounds really entertaining. Yeah. But this is going to be, we're going to talk to guests, right? You, we have right. people and, and probably, and we should share with you our place of community is if you're listening to us around the world, hopefully you are, we are in Northeast Tennessee in a place where I think people think oh, those are the nicest people. But this is just like every part of the world where there are people who are intentional. They literally have come to the point of like making up their mind. I'm going to do so. I see a problem. Right. And I'm going to do something about it. Right. Um, and I guess for everybody, it's uh, everybody can see the problems. Well, I think also the problems are different for different people. Yeah. Like if you live in New York City, the problems that you encounter maybe as you walk down the street every day are going to be different than the problems that we see here. Right. But then you're right. I mean, there's still some of the same problems if, if you're in New York City or if you're in Johnson City. So. Yeah, which is where we are in Johnson City, Tennessee. Right. I think of people just down the street from here who are running a cafe where it's essentially anybody who wants to come in the door mm-hmm. can come in and eat. That's right. meeting a need. That's a transcendent need that's in any in any community. Correct. Yeah. 
And yet, I wonder about how they got from seeing that need right. to literally doing something about it. To meet it. that need, right. You and know. how, sure, they want to feed the community, but how do they actually go about feeding the community? And what was the first step they had to take in order to go about meeting that need? So I want to go back to something that I remember about you in the first days that I remember knowing you. Because I, 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 the context of my knowledge of you was as a pediatrician, mm -hmm. because I was in the market for one, mm -hmm. <laughs> because this human being sitting beside of me, the 16-year-old was on the way. Yeah. And my brother said to me, I know, I I've already picked picked your pediatrician. Yeah, thank God for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say. Uh -huh. uh, and, uh, and, and so I was expecting a physician and, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, and I remember realizing very early on that you had a commitment to not just like seeing patients, mm -hmm. but to really doing something in the community. You were aware of a community need, which was of an approach to pediatric care in a rural area. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Is mm -hmm. that, I mean, you're kind of, you were missional from the earliest days of your career. Is that fair? Right. It seems I, like that way to me. Well, and I think my approach to medicine is a little bit different than what a lot of people do experience. My approach to medicine is really relationship-based. Mm -hmm. um, and I think... I think that really good healthcare comes out of a good relationship, um, you know, trust in um, me as a provider and um, my patients also as them as parents, that mm -hmm. they are wanting to do what's best for their child and I'm wanting to do what's best for their child mm -hmm. also. Um, but then also, you know, that really delivering medicine the way I do in the context of a relationship helps, um, I think, to ultimately make a more well-rounded child. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so it, it's a little different. I think it's something that all pediatricians strive for. I think it's something that most doctors strive for. Um, but given the context of how we deliver, deliver healthcare in this day and age, I think that it's not, it, it really is very difficult to do. And a big part of that is uh, the concept of, uh, of of breastfeeding and encouraging right. um, encouraging breastfeeding. So breastfeeding is a passion of mine. I do think that it's a good it's the best start for your child. And when I was um having my first child, there really was not Who's sitting beside of you. Sitting beside of me, not <laughs> On great mute. support. Right. Not 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 great knowledge and support that I was able to access and find um mm -hmm. in this area. And so, you know, I made it a mission of mine to set out to learn about breastfeeding. So Okay, that was such new information to me, uh, in part because I don't have breasts. Right. And I don't have I didn't have children. Right. <laughs> and I had no idea. Right. That in in certain parts of the country, in modern America, right. that breastfeeding was not maybe maybe it was being encouraged, but it wasn't supported. Or it, maybe it wasn't being encouraged. I don't know. And that was my, I, it was part of your mission approach. Also just trying to remove the blockages that the healthcare system puts to um to allowing mothers and to breastfeed their children mm -hmm. um because people don't think about it people don't really understand how the things that we do in healthcare actually can actively prevent a woman from being able to successfully breastfeed mm -hmm. so yeah so that's yeah that's that's kind of the cornerstone of my pediatric practice is helping women breastfeed 
So community, like doing good in that sense, mm-hmm. was a big part of it. It wasn't just like I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a. I'm going to. That's going to be my career. I, I, I'm going. I you you. It was like from the start. I remember you. You were not your matrix of success was that there was going to be some sort of community benefit here, right? Yeah, because communities where that have high breastfeeding rates, I mean, are definitely healthier, more successful communities. And intentionally in a rural area, wasn't that part of your and your husband's sort of earlier? Well, we ended up here in the rural area because my husband really wanted to be able to practice medicine in a rural setting and raise our children and have our family in a rural setting. I'm guessing that some people and medical school with you were thinking, I want to get to a setting where I can have maybe a more affluent patient base or, and you are, was that something, a decision that was based, based in a commitment, like to doing good? Yeah. I think though that those kinds of intentional decisions came from my husband. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I can do whatever I need to wherever I am. So um, he was a lot more intentional about where we were, but I can see doing what I do in, you know, in, New York City. I can yeah. see what doing what I do in, um, you know, Elizabeth in Tennessee. Well, that, I think that that is a that's a great point. Mm-hmm. If you have a commitment to doing good in your life, if you're listening to this today, and you're going, "All right, I'm still with this. Right. I have a. I can do good wherever I am. Yeah, if life moves me where you I, are. Yeah. yeah, and I believe that you are being called to do something wherever you are (laughs) and whether or not you are going to answer that call. Um, and then what it is about that call that makes you want to say, Hey, okay, I'm going to do it. I think we all know people who are really good at being part of the problem. Sure. Or who are good at identifying the problem. Yeah, great at identifying problems. And maybe ranting about the problem. Yeah. Check their Facebook feed. They're great yeah. at ranting about the problem. Yeah. So that's important, though, because some people need that in their life, right? And and I wonder about in the world that we live in today, especially with social media, the what it is, mm-hmm. uh, I I think it can become, and that's one of the reasons why I'm excited to do this, is yeah. to, it can become so dark sure oh no definitely and um but i also I, i also think that people don't value or appreciate how social media can do good you know mm-hmm. you always just hear about the bad mm-hmm. let's let's just talk about the good for a little while mm-hmm. so yeah that's why we're podcasting let's let's not focus on the bad or the dark or let's not politicize things let's just you know, talk about what's good. Yeah. I wonder about the people that you have in mind who will be joining us in the weeks to come. Uh, these are people who were at a place where I get, the development of it was what? That they saw a problem. They saw a need. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily something like, I'm out on a crusade. I'm I'm looking for a need today. I'm right. going to go by Target. Then I'm going to go by... <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm looking for a need. You right. know, it's it literally walks into your life. Yeah, absolutely. You recognize... It, it, it. You are forced to face a problem. And that problem strikes home with you because it's personal on mm-hmm. some level. Mm-hmm. And how do you figure out how to address the needs that, that that presents itself. So as we're recording this, we are sort of still moving through the 
pandemic. And I remember in the first few days of the, what was that? <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I'm so uh, tired. Do we have to bring the P word up? Yeah. <laughs> but in the first days of it, I mean, I know you did. I did too. I mean, it was like need, 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 need. Yeah, it's literally just coming up in front of your face. Yeah. For me, it was, uh, I just, I began, I was so overwhelmed with, uh, I was burdened by what parents were facing, whose kids were like trucking through the school year, and mm -hmm. then the brakes went on. And yeah. these human beings, <laughs> we just got a, a sign from uh, one of the teens, which said, be funnier. Be funnier, yeah. <laughs> you can't be funnier. It's she like... actually sat there and typed into her phone. Funnier. <laughs> hey, but I'm super proud because she spelled it right. Okay, there we go. <laughs> it's a little bit better than I could do. She's a great speller, but you know, it just it, it's a matter of personal pride that she I, spelled funnier right. I think telling someone to be funny is like um akin to like telling someone to hurry up when they're in the bathroom. You know, it's like I am going exactly. as fast as I it's can. As fast as this can this is you can't make this That's okay. We're saving all the funny for you, sweetheart. Oh, okay. <laughs> Back to what I was I saying before I was told what you were saying before. Well you know, I mean like people I remember thinking of needs that popped up in oh, the first yeah, days yeah, of, of, right. of March. Yes. You know, when when the needs were everywhere. And yeah. we saw some people who kinda of, it was like there was a fork in the road. Right. And there were some who moved into response mode right. and let's go be it and do it and help and serve and create good. And yes. then there are others that literally were like, mm, crash and burn. I think I crashed and burned. You did not crash uh, and burn. It felt like I crashed and burned, though. <laughs> Stay home and binge on Netflix and and bubbly. Well, thankfully, I couldn't. But By yes, bubbly, I mean uh, sparkling yes. water. Bubbly, yes. <laughs> not bubbly as no, in not champagne. Like champagne. <laughs> Although there were times I wanted some, some of that kind of bubbly, too. But um, no, it really was. I mean, it was just such an abrupt change. And um, yeah. Take me to your ugly moment. Um, ugly moment when the, 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 the problems of it all. The ugliest moment for me, and then I'll share mine with you. Came my my ugly moment was probably about six weeks in, right? And I had had enough, enough of what um, of everything. You know, uh -huh. the hardest struggle for me I had with the entire pandemic is that I work. Okay, yeah. I do not stay home with my kids, and mm -hmm. yet I had three kids at home, sixteen. 139 girls who yes all girls who were required to be doing schoolwork and things and feed themselves and you know all this stuff and i literally could not be there yeah and that was the hardest thing for me through all of this but what did that look like like was that you driving down the road in the minivan going oh i'm having a bad day uh, I think you would have to ask my office staff about what that looked like. I don't, you know, I don't know how self introspective I am, but it was just, it was, it was hard. And, um, but my bad point came about six weeks in. Um, and, um, my husband, who is a general surgeon and, um, works for a major healthcare company in mm -hmm. the area, yeah. mm -hmm. um, was not allowed to travel. And I felt like we, there was a way for us to travel safely and that I needed to have a break where I could just be alone with my kids. And my I husband. remember that. And, you were not happy. And we were not able, and, and there were too many roadblocks in the way, and we were not able to go, and I wanted 
And, and yes, that was my dark, darkest moment. I just wanted to be left alone to sit in a dark room for about 72 hours. With a pint of haagen I mean, what? I mean, no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 okay. no, no ice cream involved. It was a, um, no, it was, or bubbly. Um, but it was just, no, I, I'm really processing this and I can't. Luckily, luckily, the travel restrictions were removed and we ultimately were able to go, go out of somewhere, town. Yeah. Um, so, and going out of town is important for for me with my family because um the way i practice i don't get to just not work unless oh, yeah like I'm if i'm running town. you into walmart i'm asking you to look at this uh, boil on my daughter's armor you know it's like <laughs> yeah hey dr becky yeah. while i'm here can yeah. you look at this yeah and you get that too josh i mean Sometimes. you don't get to be not on at work or on call unless you are out of town and um and my so, dark moment came while i was out of town uh-oh okay can I tell you? Yeah, I want to hear. We are in Disney World. Which one's in Florida? Disney World. Disney World. Um, and I saw it coming. Yeah, but this was back in February. I am that kind of ninja. Okay. Like I literally saw it moving Gosh, this saw way. The whole tidal wave about and crash. We were in Florida, and, yeah. and I made a massive mistake. Uh oh. I watched local news in Florida. Oh yeah. But you know, and as someone who appreciates local news, yeah, I will tell you, when you watch local news in Florida, especially in a major metropolitan area, your perspective on planet Earth changes dramatically. Yeah, see, I don't watch the news. I don't even watch you, Josh. Excuse me? Yeah, I don't. Um, So I'm in Florida. <laughs> Not funny enough, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here being boring. Leave me alone. But anyway, I'm in Florida, and I'm watching the news, uh -huh. and I see it, and the people are starting to buy all the toilet paper in Florida. Oh. And I call home, and I talk to my oh, mom, yeah. and I said, are people like buying toilet paper like crazy there? She's like, what? Yeah. It's a respiratory illness. Yeah. Not, you know, the, remember those novel days? Yes, I do. And then I, I remember people were, were starting to uh, uh, buy like lots of groceries. Yeah. And then I saw people walking around the theme parks wearing masks, face uh -huh. masks, and they were f international visitors. Yeah. And I was starting to put two and two together. Right. And I began to realize we were, you know, the problem was coming. Something big was happening. Yeah. And without going into a lot of details, my family went in to watch one of the stage shows yeah. there, you know, yeah. where an animal kingdom where one of the yeah. princesses was up on singing and yeah. I basically sat outside in a full tilt panic because here we are in the human Petri dish that is the Disneyland Disney Parks, number yeah. one. Number Disney World. Disney World, sorry. Disney will not be a corporate sponsor if we do not get it right. I could okay. We love you, Disney. <laughs> we can't wait for you to reopen. Yeah. So, but you know, I was panicking and I saw the problem coming. Right. And I literally was imagining, as you know me well, I've known you for the better part of 17 years. Right. I love to forecast problems right. and then bring that anxiety of the non-existent future into my present moment. Right. And I was doing that. So I sat out and it started to rain and I didn't get up and move. Oh, you sat in the rain. I sat in the rain, but I did walk over and get a full tilt regular Coke. Oh, and yeah. I paid like six or seven bucks for the deck. You of it. got a regular Coke? And I sat there and drank it. Wow. Now, it our listeners at home maybe don't realize how significant that is because I don't I drink do. regular that's Coke. Why you heard, that's what you heard in my but voice. I was on a I was on a rain soaked bender, that and the sugar and caffeine did not help your panic. It accelerated everything. I bet it did. And then I crashed, you know, like within yeah. five minutes because oh, yeah. I'm a lightweight. Yeah. 
so that was for me the big big like I just bottomed out, yeah. and I think for a lot of people we bottom out. Yeah, we see the stuff around us and we're like, I can't deal with it. Yeah. I can't fix it. Yeah. I can't help it. Yeah, we bottom out. Yeah, but Josh, I mean, look at all that you did during the really dark days of the pandemic. You know, you had your um, you had all of your web broadcasts where you um, you read the stories uh-huh, um, the for kids. the kids every day. That was awesome, and then you had interviews uh you did facebook live interviews famously uh-huh. the one of, with me about math which oh, i man. thought really probably deserves a pulitzer i think so okay yes and um and then yeah and then you know you're stuck in the kitchen so um, we had videos. we moved on yeah we moved on and i think that's what we're going to celebrate in this podcast absolutely it's like it, the stuff that you do to just you know one little spark of hope and light in the world uh, um, now I am I am concerned because of our teenagers here right. who who so are here by design. Of sparks of hope and light. <laughs> yes, um, that I think... we're we're going to be boring to them. Let's see yeah. how they do. Absolutely, because um, yeah. So let's uh, let's bring them in and <laughs> let them have a few minutes to talk about what um, the Doing Good podcast might mean to them. Okay, so, uh, how about we introduce them? Sure. Well, let's let them introduce themselves. Ah, let's okay. start with. Uh, I'll by the way. That thud you heard was their cell phones hitting the table. (laughs) I was going to say Elijah, but Susanna's pointing at herself like she has got some stuff to say. So take it away. Good morning, America. Um, (laughs) This is your host, Susanna. Um, We have no uh, specific affiliation with Good Morning America. (laughs) Oh, shoot. (laughs) Um, So as my mom was saying, we are here to bring more light and humor to the show. So... Now that the boomers are done talking, we will talk about our perspective of doing good. Well, okay, let's start. Step back for a minute and let's tell them who you are. First names, no last names, and tell them what you do. Okay, I'm Susanna. I go to Elizabethan High School. Woo-hoo, I'm 16. I'm a rising senior. I'm on the tennis team and the swim team, and this year I'll be the color guard captain. Woohoo! I work a job Did in the community. Did you get captain? I did, yes. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, I work at Ingalls, which is a local grocery store in my community. And she has during the entire pandemic, and she hasn't gotten sick. Woo, high five. And you've been wearing your mask on the job, I know, because you checked me out the other day. Yeah. I was it's so required. Proud of you. And it's quite a pain, but mm-hmm. I do understand that it's best for the community. Mm-hmm. Yay, good for you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right, you're going to throw it over to Elijah now? I am. My turn. Okay. All right. Um, I'm. My name's Elijah. Um, I'm homeschooled. I uh, weirdo. And, yeah, I know, right? Weird. Yeah, I'm, but I'm I'm in the same community. I'm in. You the, wear it well. <laughs> I'm in the EHS community, so I uh, do uh, tennis and swim, like Susanna, for the um, Elizabeth in high school, um, and I'm involved in some <laughs> different co-ops and stuff in the area. So I'm still very active <laughs> in local things and social. Yes, and social things. Yeah, I do have a social life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about Dr. Becky wanting the two of you to be a part of the podcast about doing good? I'm still trying to figure it out myself. I want to know your thoughts. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting because it's very important for uh, teenagers to start thinking about these things at uh, a younger age since we are the next generation. What are teenagers thinking about? Don't answer that. TikTok. Yeah, I was really about to say TikTok. Like, (laughs) 
honestly, that social media platform has such a heavy influence on our life at this point. You can learn so much from TikTok. You can also be so entertained by it. Yeah, but You can also waste all your time mm -hmm. and just get okay. nothing done. But I agree with Elijah that it's important. It might be important that we're here because it is important for people our age to start thinking about what we can do to oh. be doing good in the world. Yeah. Did your mother pay you to say that? or Absolutely you... not. <laughs> oh, you... she bought me chicken minis this morning. I oh, I from did. whom, Susanna? Oh, from Chick-fil-A. Oh, Chick-fil-A. happy yeah. to get an endorsement <laughs> deal from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> do you think teens... Okay, I'm interviewing now. I need to stop. No, okay. That's okay. okay. Do you kinda... think teens... I'm curious. Do you feel like teens are thinking about ways to do good in their community? Is this? It seems to me like it's kind of encouraged... Like, you know, yeah. it's part of an application process. Uh, you go first, Susanna. Or is this something that's in your mind because of just it's it's acceptable? Or do you feel like it's kind of something that kids are not necessarily doing right now? Mm, it's different for everyone. It really depends on what the teen, the individual is exposed to. You know, some people really are just driven to do well in their community and make mm -hmm. changes and, mm -hmm. you know, provide a better future for America. But, you know, some people just don't have what mm, they don't have the mindset ready mm -hmm. not encouraged to yeah i'd say that the successful teenagers are um thinking about how they can serve the community and do good um those are typically the teenagers that get better scholarships to colleges because more and more that's what a college wants to look for yeah, that's is, good. That's is a teenage yeah it's mm -hmm. a teenager who they can see he is driven um not just to um help himself but mm -hmm. to also help people around him um, or and, her, or her, yeah. yeah, or her, yeah. And those are typically the ones that you see, um, doing good in their teenage years, and uh, then later being successful in life. Yeah, good stuff. But back in the eighties, Becky, I would think we would have probably labeled them a do-gooder. I don't know that it would have been as cool to yeah, be, because well, do-gooder's a thing. Yeah, do-gooder's a thing, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the do-gooders of the world. But, but remember when nerds were bad? And nerds were awful in the 80s in the Tri-Cities. But they were kind of I was cool. one. Okay, all right. But, but now it's cool. cool. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a different perspective, I think. But um, That's because you weren't a nerd. Yeah, but I'm going to turn... <laughs> no, I, I was a nerd. I mean, I think if you talk to anybody I went to high school with, they'd tell you I was a nerd. I was a cool nerd. Were you a do-gooder? Um, I would have been, I think, given the opportunities, um, yeah. I was super, I was super active in church youth group and mm -hmm. we did, we did service projects and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know that I would have had the wherewithal to start something myself. Mm -hmm. I think that's the hard thing, right? It's like, how do you start it? So, you know, I'm super proud of their answers. Um, mm -hmm. now I'm going to ask them a question and I kind of do want to know, like, what do you think Elijah has been the, what was your low moment during the pandemic? Um, the ugly. Yeah. Like the real low moment. Oh, good grief. That's mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So the I, gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say just being stuck at home, um, being stuck at home for an extended period of time, just with just the same thing happening day in, day out, yeah, kind yeah. of lost track of time. Yeah. Um, wasn't any plans. Yeah, yeah, it was canceled plans. It was mostly um, sports and stuff. So um, it was, it did get pretty boring pretty quickly. 
for example, we didn't even get to really have our tennis season this year, which was we had our first match and then it just got canceled. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was, it, it, it was. It was pretty just sad. daily life was sort of stripped away, and I agree with everything he said, but also just the fear that struck out of this pandemic mm-hmm. that you know the world is ending, <laughs> we're gonna yeah. die. Even though I'm sure if we did contract the virus, we'd be completely fine. Yeah, and even and even though it's not like, you know, I, I wasn't personally afraid, but at the same time, whenever um, the entire world is, you know, giving off an aura of fear, you know, even if you're not personally af- afraid, because I didn't see a whole lot of the um, immediate effects of the um, pandemic um, close to us, but I... Um, you know, I'm on social media and stuff. And so you you see, you see the, the rest of the world panicking about all of this and about feeling unsure. Yeah, even like toilet paper. And you're like, geez, yeah, this is a mess. Yeah, and so, <laughs> yep. Okay, so then here's my last question for you guys. And then we need to wrap this up. Um, what, Elijah, do you look at in the world and think, hey, that's doing good? People or? Just in the world. <laughs> Um, Nothing. <laughs> the voice of um, home, my child. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Uh, I would. S- I don't know if there's one thing, but I. I feel like it's. I've seen throughout this. I. Uh, I don't know what you would call them. I guess do-gooders. Um, yeah. But uh, a a group of people that they do want to help other people and that they're interested in other people. Mm-hmm. They want to help other people and they want to um, just really be a positive influence while there's so many <laughs> negative influences, yeah. um, especially now. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Suzanne, do you see anything that's doing good in the world? I see being optimistic as doing good. Oh, so finding joy and finding beauty in anything, even situations that seem absolutely hopeless, is what is doing good right now in these times. I love that one person just simply making a decision to not be negative yeah, and not give that energy out mm-hmm. in small ways. Mm-hmm. I know I've known you since you were born, but when you checked me out at Ingalls the other day, I was just really impressed that you were just so happy. Did you tear up a little? I was like, I'm proud of my girl. <laughs> I try my best. I get so tested in that store. I bet you do. (laughs) But what I see, saw you do was, and I don't think it was because it was me. I think you're just, you are deciding to be that way in a small way today, right now with one person. And I wonder if that's not the core of doing good. Like if we know you, if maybe through this podcast, we're going to meet people who literally didn't worry about what it was going to look like in six months or a year, whether they were going to have like a, you know, a huge response. Failure was not a worry. Mm-hmm. Success was not a worry. Mm-hmm. It was just literally doing the next good thing. Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking that's kind of the key. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Do you think so? Or And is that what we're going to find as we talk to these people? I hope that's what we're going to find when we talk to these people. Because I, I really, you know, a lot, we, we, Elijah and I have been talking about this, is that you can come up with an idea and you can kill that idea. You right. can murder that idea. Mm-hmm. And it's not even taking its first step right. with all kinds of negative 
negative forecasting, negative modeling. Or, this is or fear. You know, a lot of people talk a little bit about fear. Fear of failure. Fear of looking silly. Fear of fear of nobody's going to care. Or nobody's going to watch. Or nobody's going to listen. I mean, yeah. you can totally. The fear can totally just kill any spark of goodness and light. And so, you know, how how do people overcome those fears? Mm. We'll be talking about that. Yeah. Amen. Are we finished with episode one? I think we're finished with our Hallelujah. Yeah. So you got Chick-fil-A on the way. What's the post-game reward? I'm sure there's got to be some uh, sort of a prize. Aunt Ruth's donut. Aunt Whoa. <laughs> what did you buy <laughs> me for breakfast? Yeah, Aunt Ruth's smacks. Out right now. And we would also happily take an endorsement deal from Aunt Ruth's donut. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt Ruth's We're like, taking all the endorsements. What? <laughs> yeah. And, and bubbly, bubbly water. We'll be happy to endorse yeah, you. You're going to wash it down. I with will the, sell uh, the stuffing out of bubbly water. I haven't oh. been able to drink my bubbly water, which I have for the viewers. I have a, a can of pineapple bubbly with me today. We don't but have I haven't viewers. Been able to They're not viewers. They I can't see mouth. us. Yeah, okay. They knew who I'm talking about. Mental to. picture. Exactly. Our executive producer, Layton, is over here saying to himself, that's not going to work. Yeah. This is well, not how it, this well, is not how you land an endorsement deal. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the very first episode of Doing Good. Absolutely. We'll be back with another episode. You'll meet people doing good. Yes. Uh, we, and we want you to be thinking about what you can do to be doing good. We also want you to like and subscribe. Is that how this works? Or, yeah, on uh, our social share, media platforms. You'll donate, find us at We're please. Doing Good. Or since they won't let me put the apostrophe in, We're Doing Good. Okay, which your husband pointed out is past yeah, tense of doing good. The so, Prince of Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. He's a lovely person. <laughs> That's the man I adore in a not weird way. Remember, <laughs> don't don't talk about him. Okay, everybody. Thanks for watching, listening to Doing Good. Yeah, you guys want to say bye? Yeah. Sayonara. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> See you bye, next everyone. time. <laughs>